Hello, everybody, and welcome to this emergency podcast. Uh, we've got a, a five alarm fire in MetLife, and we got to talk about it. <laughs> welcome to the Blue versus Green show. I am your host, Walt, and I'm joined by my two other fellow B versus G guys, Gabe and Jose. Say hello. What's up, guys? What's um, up, if, if this is your first time at the Blue versus Green show, please remember to hit that subscribe button somewhere down there. And if this is not and you're a repeat guy, just remember, hit the notification button and, you know, make sure that whenever we have a new episode, it'll let you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I kind of wanted to bring you guys together because, you know, the Jets, the Jets, good there, old Jets, the, there, there is there is um, trouble in Jet Life Stadium, as Aaron Rodgers said, right? And um, particularly this week, because this week has been kind of like one of these things where you go on TV and you go to a sports show, whether it be ESPN or Fox Sports or, you know, NBC Sports. And the lead story is the Jets. And if you go on to New York radio, all they're doing is talking about the Jets. If you go on Twitter and Instagram, it's Jets, Jets, Jets. And so I, I felt like we should probably talk about the Jets and see um, what is going on here because it, it is completely out of control. I think it's uh, it's the media conglomerates, the sports media, the empires, the mainstream sports media is uh, feeling a little bit of egg on their face from all the coverage that they gave the Jets all preseason and that we did. And then we started this podcast partially because, hey, the Jets yeah. might actually be worth talking about this season other than the dumpster fire or the five alarm fire that Fireman Ed always has to be in the stadium to save us from. But, yeah, media is like, yeah, oh, shit, how do we explain all of this, like, Jets stuff that we talked about for, like, months and months and months and months and Aaron Rodgers and all that when there's no Aaron Rodgers and there's no Jets, so to speak. I think that's kind of part of what we're seeing here from the media. I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? No, I mean same thing. It's just, I mean, it's 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 us. I don't think it's so much the media. It's it's you know the media is going to give the fans what they want. You know, out of you know the uh, the 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 media. If it's if it's not like in this day and age where you know they lead with whatever's going to get the most likes, that's you know that's what they're going with. It's not even so much about information. It's about what's hot. And right now, what's hot is what's not, and that's the Jets. I wanted to say primarily Zach because it seems like the topic is all Zach, but it's not just Zach. It's it's just everything with the Jets. So Yeah, I mean, you know, Zach is kind of the easy target, and Zach does make himself the easy target here. Um, By not hitting his easy targets, apparently. Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's the problem with Zach here. And uh, I guess let's talk about Zach. Hey, there's Hinata, right? Trying, Hinata, yeah. She's trying Hinata. really hard. Get on this podcast. That's the life. I keep telling you. I keep telling you. We've got to find a way to put her on the <laughs> podcast. Nothing on the desk. <laughs> so I, I guess my my biggest thing here is that you know Zach is kind of like the fall guy for all of this, and partially so. You know he should be getting a, a you know a lot of the blame here, but I also do believe that you know the coaches here have a big big responsibility and a big uh they're a big part of the reason 
why the Jets are where we are. Um, and I also kind of blame Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> really? And, uh, For being yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Well, kind of. Here's, here's the thing, and and I'm gonna I... I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out to you guys, and I want you guys to respond to this because I've I've been thinking a lot about this. The Jets have really put themselves behind the eight ball, so to speak, because of Aaron Rodgers. And and here's the reason why. Okay. Aaron Rodgers was brought in here to be the savior of the franchise, right? He was brought in here to be here for one, maybe two years. He was brought in here to kind of mentor Zach Wilson, you know, and he even said to himself, um, I'm going to hopefully be here for one or two years. And then Zach will take over for the next 15. And, you know, you guys will be fine, right? But in typical Jets fashion, uh, Aaron Rodgers, four plays, 75 seconds, and that's all we got from him. And because of this, there is kind of like a domino effect in my mind. Because now we've been forced to put Zach in when he's clearly not ready. Zach has put himself into, into this position where now the fan base just hates him. He, I, I, I guarantee you there is no way Zach stays with this franchise going forward right and now what's going to happen is Aaron Rodgers comes back here maybe gives us one or two years but what's our quarterback situation after that right and and that's the problem here and an interesting discussion that's been going on particularly on the Michael K show I believe is that if the Jets suck bad enough this year and is in the top five picks do you go quarterback to to kind of like you know um think about your future or do you go offensive tackle because Aaron Rodgers is here so that's that that that's funny because I've been thinking about this actually this week and and I've been wanting to kind of bring it up in conversation uh but I I think see here's the thing I think that the Jets as an organization, does not know how to develop quarterbacks. I agree with that a hundred percent. we've agreed with that for with you on that for years. Trust us. Go ahead. <laughs> right, right. So, but but you guys don't stop trying to draft the best quarterback option in the in the draft class. And even though, even though I don't think that, even though I don't think that you that that as an organization you should ever try to tank. The players definitely don't want to tank. Um, you may, I don't know if you will, but let's hypothetically say that you guys end up in with a, a top five pick. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, you shouldn't go for a quarterback. I think that you should use the, the draft capital as, as leverage to get a, 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 a you know, get somebody else that's a little bit younger that can come in and kind of take over after Aaron Rodgers. I say get an offensive tackle maybe and then save it for the coming years um, so that you can get yourself someone that's already a good quarterback that can come in and essentially be a game manager. Because how do you ask the the team that you've put together, all these budding superstars, because that's what they are, they're budding superstars, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, they're not, they're, it's almost like, their stardom is elevated a little bit too early, you know. Um, they are 
there what reason do they have to stay with the Jets? Even if Aaron Rodgers comes back next year. Exactly. Okay, they don't really have a reason to stay with the Jets if they have offers, you know, on the table from other teams. Because it's like, all right, well, we proved that it that it, the first year with Aaron Rodgers, you know, shit went haywire. Who's to say that it won't go haywire in the second year? So I don't know how you keep those guys happy unless you can kind of show that you're going to bring in, you know, a little bit more stability to the quarterback position versus flipping a coin on a draft. It's yeah. It seems like the Jets too often are, <laughs> like you said, putting all their hopes on drafting. Maybe maybe not the best quarterback. I feel like especially the last couple of quarterbacks, the Jets have tried to like draft these hot shots with, you know, the 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 good run game, the strong arm, the gunslinger. When all we've needed for a long time and all we've really had success with was like a game manager of, of a quarterback. Mark Sanchez was one. And even didn't have the greatest success, but he took us to the playoffs more than any Jets quarterback in recent history. Chad Pennington was the same. We, we called him Hanging Chad because he didn't have a strong arm, right? Like the Hanging Chads. But he had the ability to make the right throws. We've been talking about the right throws. And a lot of people have been talking about the right throws. Orlovsky talking about the right throw and that, that, that clip that's been shared all over the internet about Zach Wilson's problems versus the good throw, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had that issue for a long time. And I think, you know, the Jets have made a solid play of the last few years to try to develop Zach into something better. Trying to get a the legendary quarterbacks coach, Greg Knapp, rest in peace. And then bringing in Aaron Rodgers. But even with bringing in Aaron Rodgers, instead of bringing in a, a wily vet who's a solid game manager, and we could talk about some of those options maybe later, other than what the Jets went with, uh, we went after Aaron Rodgers, right? The old gunslinger. I mean, I know he's an efficient quarterback and he doesn't turn the ball over, but he's still that guy, right? He's him. So right. It, it, you're right. The Jets, more than anything, you, you talk about Zach Wilson, he made a lot of mistakes. You talk about the coaching, they made some mistakes. But more than anything, it's been the general management that for all of the amazing things that we've done, we have to acknowledge and getting those players like Sauce Gardner and you know, and Brees Hall and 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 Quinn Williams and re-signing him, which thank goodness they did that because he's not now one of the players that can get up and leave right next mm-hmm. year. He might be able to to scream about it, but he's making the money that he probably wouldn't do it. And we have a lot of these other players that are very early in their rookie contracts. But we don't have a lot of time, kind of, as you all have said, to write the ship. And we can get into what that takes, I guess. Yeah. I, I think I think the other piece of of the Jets right now is really directly attributable to Robert Sala. And, you know, Robert Sala, I haven't had any issues with him as a coach, especially this year. You know, this year That's funny. You know, it's funny you say that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have as many issues with him coaching wise, but I think he's been put into this impossible position where he has to constantly get up on the podium and defend Zach Wilson. And I think I think the biggest issue that I have with Salah, particularly this year, is his treatment of Zach Wilson. Because um and and I think I had mentioned this before um on a, one one of our chats. You don't have to go and you know profess your love for Zach and all things Zach when you get on that podium. There has to be some accountability that the coach puts on the, the the quarterback. Now, clearly, you don't have to go up there and throw him under the bus. 
But what you can do is say, you know what? There are things that Zach needs to work on. There are things that he knows he needs to work on, which he did for the first time this week. But he hadn't been doing that for the first three weeks of the season. And instead, what he was doing was saying, well, the defense needs to show up. The wide receivers need to do need to run their routes better. They need to catch the balls when it's thrown to them. After a couple of weeks, you know, you're going to you're that team, that locker room is going to look at Salah and say, dude, we're doing the best that we can. You're not holding that quarterback accountable for anything. You know, what's up with that? And it's it's going to cause problems. And we've heard this week that there is a little tension in the locker room. Right. I mean, it doesn't seem like a little bit of tension, but it's fun. the reason I say that it's kind of funny that you say that now about Robert Salas, because this is what I was saying last year, going back to, you know, to, to last season, when you're, when, when the jets were winning, it wasn't necessarily because of Zach. And, you know, a lot of that was put on like, Oh, it's Salah. Salah's doing a good job coaching this that, and the mm-hmm. other, but then like some of the losses were losses that really shouldn't have happened. And a lot of it was kind of on Salah's coaching Salah's, you know, certain decisions that he made with like time management and things like that. Um, and it's unfortunate that Mike White wasn't able to kind of like <clears throat> reap the benefits of, uh, of, of, of some of those wins and stuff, even though he had like some decent performances. Um, but a lot of the, a lot of those losses were attributed more to Salah and his management of the game than it was on the team. Right. And, and so I don't necessarily know if that's a now issue. I think that this is a, this is a Salah is really good as a coach when everything is, is, is good and even killed. And he's really bad when, 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 when there's really rocky waves, you know, um, which to me is like what what I see is that he's he's more of a he's more of a game manager than anybody else is in the, in in on that team. And when you're a coach, you can't be just a game manager. You have to be you you have to be you have to make tough decisions. Right. You know, quarterbacks um, are game managers. Coaches have to make the tough decisions of you know time management. You know, uh, pulling players. Uh, taking over, taking over, um, you know, offense and defense. If you have to, things like that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like Salah. You know what? I think that the word for Salah is. I think Salah is really soft. I think he's soft, and that's what it is. Here's here's the thing about so to kind of like bring into perspective what you said. For me, Salah is not doing a terrible job. Actually, I think he's doing a great job on most things this year, except for Zach. The reason, though that he has to do that this year is again partially because of general management not well again it's hard it was di- probably difficult to get to the point where we are where we have Trevor Simeon now uh, it probably wasn't that easy to sign a fucking backup but the the thing that Solidad did last year that was really really dumb if you think about it was related to somebody you just mentioned Gabe Mike White who the fuck made to use that word again, Mike effing white t-shirts in the Jets locker room or in the Jets like front office somewhere. How did that happen? Who allowed that essentially? Like once Sala allowed that to happen, it, there really wasn't any reason in a sense, if you think about it, to defend Zach Wilson after that because Didn't the team Sala was already lost. the shirt? <laughs> he didn't wear the shirt the team no, yeah. the shirt but if if Salah right. were coaching 
and wanted the team to stick with Zach Wilson at that point and was just saying to himself, we're benching the kid now. We're letting Mike White do what he can. We're still committed to Zach Wilson in the future. The first motherfucker that he saw with that shirt, I'm sorry I keep using that term, but it's related to the shirt. The first Jet that he saw wearing a Mike effing white T-shirt, he should have said, take that shit off now. What are you trying to do? You know, like that's where he failed as a coach. You can't let the team turn on the quarterback like that if you want to support your quarterback moving forward. Well, I still want one of those shirts. Yeah, I, 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 I will say this, though. In training camp that year, uh, both Braxton Berrios and uh, Zach Wilson were wearing each other's shirts. So that was kind of like a theme for them. They they had, yeah. you know, they had that, that, that whole thing. But I do agree. I mean, you know, well, to a certain extent, right? I, I will say that because you know what the the whole point was that it's next man up, right? So I, I guess with such a young team, this was their way of kind of supporting Mike White and saying, "Hey, you're the guy now. We've got your back." You know what I'm saying? But you're right; it, it is kind of fucked up because you're you're literally propping up Mike White at the expense of Zach Wilson, and yep. I think that is something that Sala messed up on. But I, you also have to remember he's he's kind of new at this head coaching game, so he's gonna make mistakes. You know what I'm saying? But that was a clear and huge mistake to make because you know what? If White failed, you have to go back to Zach. How do you go back to that when you're walking around with Mike White shirts yeah. all over the place? So you know I'm saying. saying? Damn, actually, you're right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that that's kind of a messed up thing there. You know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, there there are things that Salah, um, you know, is, is at fault at here. I I do believe though, like you said, Jose. I think in terms of in game stuff, he's gotten better this year. Not perfect. Not perfect. Yes, he's, he's taking control. He's still, yeah, sometimes he's still a little earlier, I think. And I, and I think I think it behooves him that you know what he's got to get a little bit more involved in the offense. I mean this is this is kind of a thing that we've been hearing from Jet coaches for like forever because Rex Ryan, what was he doing? All he cared about was his defense. He didn't give a shit about his offense. Well, he's a you former defensive, you know, coordinator. I mean that's that that that's his background. That's you know I don't know but how you make a defensive that's coach. background also. No, no, but that's what I'm saying, Salah. You know, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so how do you get, I don't know how you can, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that you can, but I don't know if Salah can get out of that. Maybe that's one of the issues with Salah, you know, maybe, maybe he has the same issue that Zach has being that they're, they, they have like just that one dimensional identity totally. and they can't get out of their mm -hmm. own box. Mm -hmm. Isn't it weird though, that you would think, um, that a, a guy like Salah who is so focused on taking away the offense from the other team, you would think that he would know a little bit about the offense. You I know was going right? to say that exactly. I was waiting. If, you, if, you, if you're a defensive coach, you should understand when, when Bill Belichick, is, his plan is to stack eight in the box on every first down. Not on every play, on every first down. And then, okay, maybe you're trying to – to baby your quarterback, but make that kid throw on at least one of those first downs. That's the point we've made a million times. And I, I think that's where we get into talking about Nathaniel Hackett here because mm -hmm. Nathaniel Hackett right now, he doesn't look like the guy that took Aaron Rodgers and, and helped them get two MVPs. He looks like the guy 
of last year where he was a complete shit show in Denver. You know, and to be honest, that's to be that's, fair, Denver's still a shit show. No, I, I know that is true. Denver's still a pretty bad shit show right now. And, and I, I would argue that Denver's worse so far than last year, which is which is funny because Sean Payton, right? He made all those comments about Nathaniel yeah, Hackett sure. during the offseason, you know. And uh, he just got hit up with a 70-burger. Right? He said Tua was going to be on the bench. But you, you look at Hackett, and, and this is, this is one, of the, one of the reasons why I can't fault Zach here altogether because Zach clearly has a very specific way that he plays. He played the, that way in BYU, right, mm-hmm. where he's a guy that needs to have control rollouts. He's got – he's. You gotta you gotta dial up some bootlegs from him. You got you gotta move the pocket for him. You know, you gotta be able to hit some screen some screen passes. I've been say, I've been saying that from the beginning of this year. You know, they are not playing drawing up a game plan that's playing to Zach Wilson's strengths. They're really not. It seems like this is still the Aaron Rodgers show, and they forgot that Aaron Rodgers is not behind center. Yeah. You know? Um, because and again referencing that clip that you talked about with Dan Orlovsky, um, they've, they've overcoached this kid to the point where it's like, you know what? He he can't get outside of his head here, you know? It, it's, it's like whenever he touches the ball, it's like I'm not trying to make a play. I'm trying not to make a negative play. You know, mm-hmm. I'm trying not to fumble the ball. I'm trying not to... Right. And he doesn't play that way. You you look at him in BYU. They had they had clips the other day on Twitter showing his highlights. They were all deep throws, and they were beautiful throws. Now, granted, you're not you're not playing against NFL level talent, but you gotta get you gotta let him kind of rip it. You know what I mean? I mean, his play calling has been unimaginative, like to get off of the passing game, even with the running game, you just have straight rushes up the middle or maybe like to the second gap off to the left or the right. They're not really pulling blockers. They're not doing anything fun or creative with that offensive line. They're just trying to run that shit straight up the middle pretty much fairly constantly. And, you know, we have Brees Hall, who's very capable and Dalvin Cook, who's looking a little old, but is still capable and looks like he wants to you know, move around that line a little bit. He played a little, with a little bit more, uh, a little bit more dynamism with Minnesota for these last few years. He's lost a step. We get it. We didn't think we were going to get Dalvin Cook, that was the superstar with the Minnesota Vikings for the last few years. Right. But even you know, a slower Dalvin Cook should get some better play calling so that the run game can open up a little bit more also and we can turn those huge carries into touchdowns and turn those three-yard gains into seven-yard gains and start to see something happen instead of 18 yards with each of our running backs. Yeah, and I'm, I'm yeah. going to throw this to Gabe, but one thing that I, I do notice, um, especially with the running game, and Gabe, you could probably speak to this also, um, they got to stop running out of the shotgun. Because because the shotgun you're putting you're putting Brees Hall and that was evident especially last week, Brees Hall is a guy that needs space in order to be able to see the lanes. If you're putting him right next to the quarterback, he loses that ability because he's not further back, you know, in the in the backfield to be able to see these lanes open up. Um, Gabe, I know you had a you had a point on Hackett. 
Yeah, so it's funny because actually it's it's a point on Hackett, but it's actually a further point on the entire Jets organization and how they approach this season uh, more importantly. And actually, it, it'll tie into the whole running back situation and, and what a lot of people have been saying is unimaginative play calling. Um, I want to echo uh, Tiki. I know that you know you guys aren't the biggest fans of Tiki, and, and I know you have actually you 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 have a little point to make with Tiki as well. We spoke about before, um, uh, or that you mentioned that you wanted to uh, before. But um, the thing is that I think that the 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 symptoms of everything that you guys are dealing with, Nathaniel Hackett, maybe not not showing his best stuff. Um, uh, Zach Wilson, you know, the issues with Zach Wilson, the issues with uh, your running room and, and, and all that stuff. Salah basically looking like he's not really ready. This is all, I think, indicative of like how they approach this season, which is you guys or they, you know, hope for the best, for the best, but did not prepare for the worst. They didn't prepare for Zach Wilson to take over. They didn't prepare um, for, for uh, not having Aaron Rodgers' arm to kind of make up for the fact that the offensive line has to learn this new uh, offensive uh, offensive scheme from from Hackett, you know, mm-hmm. um, the running could look. He, Tiki says that the running, from his point of view, it's not so much that it's unimaginative; it's that you have you know a lot of rookie linemen that Nathaniel Hackett hasn't had enough time to show them how to block in certain right. ways to create the run game, so he can't give the linemen work that he doesn't know that they can do. And and so you're limited to what he thinks uh, the running back may be able to do based on what the linemen that he knows can do because he hasn't had enough time. He didn't prepare for this style of season because they put all their eggs in the basket of Aaron Rodgers. Um, and, and, and this is just like, it's that. They did not prepare at all for the worst. They were just hoping that they could plug Aaron Rodgers in. They did have everything that they needed and if Aaron Rodgers was was healthy, I'm sure that they would be able to make plays because every single defense would treat the Jets differently just by having Aaron Rodgers there um, behind center. Um, they would treat the running game different. They would treat everything slightly different. Maybe as the season goes, they learn a little bit more of like what they're trying to do. But then the off- that's, that gives Hackett more time to develop the offensive line because it's his rookie year with this line as well. You got to think about it like with the Giants and Dable. Like last year, it was a, it was an overperforming year, but it was also still a year where, you know, he they, he had to get to know the line. He had to know get to know, you know, he had to develop them for their scheme as well. So um, that's that's how I feel about Hackett and all the symptoms that you guys are dealing with right now. And I, I got to say, for you as a as a Giants fan, you're probably thankful that the Jets are going through all of this stuff because the Giants have quietly kind of not been the focus of of New York football. And they have been yeah. they have been struggling a bit, but nobody knows because all all people are doing is talking about That's sacking true. the Jets. That's true. You know? That's true. Um, It'd take a quarter and a half for y'all to score a, a touchdown or something like that and and that's all in the past because you won last week. That's what matters. I mean, yeah. it is what matters. Yeah, I, I, I think I think week. that uh, I think that the um, the the issue with the Giants this year is almost a little bit more forgivable because of our schedule. I think that you know, obviously, we overperformed last year. And we got a lot of tools, but when you kind of come back from you know the clouds and you realize, okay, yeah, we have a bunch of new players. Some of them can't play, but we have we still need to kind of learn 
you know, who they are as far as the team goes. They still need to figure out how to gel with each other. It's really hard to figure out how to gel with each other when you have one of the hardest schedules and especially one of the hardest first five games uh, of any team. So it's kind of like I, I a little, little bit like offensive goal, line, you know, but, but, but let's keep talking about the Jets. And their yeah. But, I, but I, also, I also kind of think that preseason just in general is kind of the culprit here. Um, and, and not only for Your the game. Jets, but just the NFL overall, because we're seeing tons of soft tissue injuries all over the place, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and I wonder if the way that these football players nowadays are treating preseason where you can't be touched, you can't be tackled, you're not practicing, you're not getting in games and stuff like that. I wonder if it's having a negative effect not only injury-wise, but in terms of the quality of play that you're seeing overall with the NFL at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, back when, you know, back in the days, maybe 20, 30 years ago, when I was watching preseason, it kind of it kind of felt along these this schedule, it was like the first game, the starters play maybe – a quarter. In the second game, they're playing a half. The third game, they're playing the majority of the game. And the fourth game, you're kind of relaxing at that point. You know what I'm saying? But the thing about it is that they were getting actual game action. So when you're jumping into the start of the season, you're already, you know, hitting the ground running, right? Whereas now you hear a lot of these guys and they're like, well, we're still trying to figure things out because this is the first time we're playing together, you know? I wonder if um, the soft tissue injuries thing, not necessarily on the gelling with each other thing, because Gabe makes an excellent point, right? The Jets offensive line is trying to figure it out. The Giants' new players are trying to Mm -hmm. figure it out. But um, essentially, it's the 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 point that I'm trying to make. Losing my I'm losing my thought train of thought here. Hold on a second. Um, Go ahead. I'll so figure it out later. Well, 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 real quick, here's the thing that I just realized. See, that's a, the reason that he, the Jets thought it was going to work. It's because there was they didn't think that they would need a gelling period because they brought in mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers's offensive coordinator. Yeah, I know. Now, if you don't have if you right. don't have one piece to the other, then then essentially they're back to you know Giants last year, which is you know their first season. I'm back. Trying yeah. to figure themselves out. So my point was, um, I mostly agree with the preseason thing. I think it's in terms of gelling. Uh, the offenses together. Injuries, I think we could also make the point that they're playing an extra game every season also, and that's not going to necessarily be helpful for players that are trying to stay healthy, uh, which extends them a whole other week. But yeah, I think to everyone's very, very fair points, it is absolutely an issue that we're seeing maybe with a lot of teams. And I wonder why you're seeing different from maybe some other teams like the Lions uh, or the Browns, who whose defense has been fantastic, one of the best in the league, in spite of whatever they're doing on offense. I wonder why you're seeing so much more from them, who also have some new young players that are trying to gel into new systems, but you're seeing such a struggle from the New York teams and some other teams in terms of getting themselves together. The teams that have been together for a while, like the Dolphins and things like that, are the 49ers, the Cowboys, for the most part, those teams have been a stable core for a bit. Mm-hmm. They might not have to play together for as much, but when you have all these new players like both of our teams do, the blue and the green, you might want to reconsider how you how you approach the preseason compared to the rest of the league. 
Right. That's kind of like what I what I was saying before. It's that, uh, you know, I think that all the, there's a general stigma that you shouldn't play in the preseason because mm-hmm. you don't want to get hurt. You want to avoid injuries and stuff like that. But I think that you need to prioritize um, uh, performance and the ability to perform, not just the potential risks, because it doesn't make if, if you like if you just. Like if the risk, the reason you don't want any injuries is not just for the players, um, you know, for the players themselves, but it's also because injuries lower your your chance of winning. Well, if you need to gel together and you don't play in the preseason, you don't create that, you don't you don't work right. out the kinks, then you're putting those winnable games at risk anyway. You need the you reps, know? yeah. Um, and and mm-hmm. and injuries are going to happen mostly when people are like, you know, he went that way, I went this way, it was a mistake, exactly. miscommunication, I didn't know what was happening. There's a higher chance of injury there and i think it's kind of a case-by-case basis but what's funny about like the whole injury stuff of a lot a lot of early season injuries you know where we thought oh it's the turf it's the turf it's the turf it's it seems like it's not so much the turf when you take all the injuries that have happened it's about like almost a 50 50 split between turf and real real grass yeah i, I really so, think it's because there's there's no contact so you know the first contact that you're really seeing is week one yeah, yeah, exactly. it feels you like. know, yeah. yeah. So you you can't prepare your body, you can't get into game shape without feeling it, right? You gotta feel it. You yeah. gotta you gotta you gotta get hit. You gotta know what it feels like to get hit, right? Exactly. You know, yeah. Like the first time, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna suck. But you know, you don't want to be. You don't want to wait till week three or four to be comfortable getting hit. Exactly. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like the first week, yeah, it's going to be a little bit different. Yeah. It's week one. There's more intensity, but it shouldn't be, oh, I need three, especially for these young guys that are rookies or that it's their second year. Um, it, it, you know, for some of these guys, they, they, they need to kind of be ready for that intensity, you know, right away. So, I mean, right. shoot. Even for the older guys, if I were in the NFL, I'm 42 years old. I'd probably be retired by now, regardless of whatever position I'm in. And well, that's a, yeah. look, facts is like if I wanna if I wanna even play softball, I started playing softball again recreationally. And I remember the first time that I played after a long time, I'm a lefty. I throw with my left arm, and after throwing with my left arm for an entire an entire game, my right arm hurt. So yeah, they all these players need time to acclimate. And that might be a big part of it. So the uh the thing about this upcoming, we we've got the Jets have the Chiefs coming in Sunday night into MetLife. Out of all the teams for them to have to deal with and contend with, they're dealing with the World Champion Chiefs coming into JetLife Stadium on a Sunday night. <clears throat> what with, into what? <laughs> this is something that Aaron Rodgers said. It's Jet Life Stadium, right? It's, it's not Jet Life Stadium if he's in, in California in the comfort of his home. Well, so here's the thing. This Sunday night, we have celebrities in the house because Aaron Rodgers is supposedly going to make an appearance there. But well, the Swift will probably be there. Well, this is what I wanted to talk about. (laughs) Today, I was listening to Evan and Tiki, right, on WFAN. First time that I've, I've listened to them in a long time, right? Evan was losing his mind because there initially was a report that the NFL was rolling out friendship bracelets at MetLife for every Chiefs fan 
to celebrate the love between Travis Kelsey and Taylor. Are you Swift. kidding me, bro? And he was completely losing his mind about it. Oh, this. my God. I would be now, livid, too. Is this the Jet Life Stadium or well, is this Arrowhead 2.0? I, well, that's, that's, what, that's what he was saying. He oh, was like, you know up. what? Woody Johnson cannot allow this to happen. You know, and thankfully, Connor Hughes of SNY quickly called in and said, you know what? The Jets reached out to us and say this is not a thing. But this kind of <laughs> this kind of leads into what I what I, I really want to talk about. The circus that the Jets have become leading into this Chiefs matchup on Sunday night, because you literally have reports of, you know, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. And the Swifties coming to to East Rutherford, and then you have this report about friendship bracelets. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and and you have you have this. Um, I forget what the guy's name. He's a chief defender. They asked him about Zach Wilson and the offense. And my oh, man, man, you I, you've seen that clip, right? Yeah, he tried he tried so hard to be to be to be to be good to Zach, but he and- just. And, and so heartbreaking. This is this is where we are here, where it's like you know we're going into this Chiefs matchup, and the Jets are just literally you know they, they become their own meme. Yeah, yeah, that, that was really uh, gay that said yeah. that on the Chiefs. I hate to break it to you, but I I think the Jets have been a circus for some time now. <laughs> no, they have, they have, and you know what. Aaron Rodgers was supposed to bring that credibility and, and stuff. And yeah, I know. Your jet fashion, they well, screwed that up also, right? It's been a circus, but this year they're a circus that people actually bought tickets to. That's right. true. So That's it true. was a little bit of a difference this year. Like, yeah. it was a circus yeah. that you saw. Except <laughs> that they went to the circus and, and, and the tent caved in. <laughs> the tent caved in. The elephant killed it. Can't uh, get a read from them those on those season tickets. The, the, the monkey. Good thing that we didn't get those tickets. You know the what it was? They, pulling uh, the kids' hair and stuff like that, right? Nah, they they walked into the tent and there was there was a Dumbo like flying around for real, well, and they, they were just like the, the prices on this. Have, have you checked the prices on the Giants tickets? Actually, I'm gonna check right now. Yeah, you guys... yeah that might be the only silver lining. To this, to this whole debacle is that we can maybe go to the Jets game tickets now. Finally, dipping tickets, prices <laughs> dipping because no they Aaron Rodgers. They have been, yeah, they have, know? yeah, yeah. They, they, they've they've just been like, for example, um, last last week's game yeah. with the Patriots. I believe you know originally they were talking about. No, I'm talking about this month, this week. Um, mm-hmm. the tickets originally for this Sunday night game. Um, was north of three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You can get tickets now for like thirty nine bucks. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's you that, Taylor Swift that's there. The stuff that's going. Well, well, the thing is, who wants to Taylor go to Swift game going back up? <laughs> who, who wants to go to a game that you can that you know is a guarantee? It's basically the Chiefs' first bye week, really. You know, nah, just by fourteen. What are you talking about? This is <laughs> this is an easy win. Zach's gonna throw his first five touchdown game just by fourteen. Zach's okay. gonna throw his have his first five touchdown game. We're gonna ha- we're gonna stop talking about all this, and then it's gonna be. I can't see. What does it say? Three hundred three hundred and three dollars still. Still? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're kind, they're kind of, well, you know, there is that new law now that I, I don't know if it's um, active or not, 
but um, there is that new law that if uh, you're reselling tickets for higher than the tickets were worth or higher than what you bought them for, um, places like Ticketmaster and SeatGeek, they're actually reporting it to the IRS now. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, well, yeah. You know what it is if everybody wants to go see Danny Dimes. Good. So what do we think is going to happen yeah. for real this, this week? Should Listen, we go I, out with our predictions for the Jets game? Not Travers, uh, Travers Swift. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift and all that nonsense. What do you actually think? I think, I, if I'm being honest, it's going to be like 34-17 probably. I think we're probably going to end up seeing better because they're going to try something. We're not going to see much from the offense. And the defense just can't keep up. I'd be surprised if you score more than ten points. I think they're yeah, I'm, I'm kind of there also. Yeah. I, I do I do think that the Jets defense will will rise to the occasion. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you know what? <laughs> You're not going <laughs> to score. <laughs> I mean, I, and you know what? What would be the most jet like thing to happen? That they find a way to win this thing. You know, but. Truth be told, this this is how I see this playing out. Um, Patrick Mahomes is going is to get on that field. He's going to probably lead the team to at least uh, three points on their first drive. The worst thing that can happen is Zach come in right after that and go three and out because if that happens, MetLife Stadium, those fans are going to be out for blood. And you know, mm-hmm. if there's if Zach comes in and does not move that, I truly believe that this is this is the game where you need to make that move, regardless of whether Tim Boyle is is the guy or not. You got to make that move because you cannot yeah. continue to roll him out there and continue to have three and outs. You mm-hmm. know, so um, if it's you know, not working, you'll see him by the half probably. Yeah, I, I really do believe that. Yeah, he'll probably have the whole half at least. But um, but yeah, uh, you know, you do still have a chance, though. You know, there's 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 two things that need to happen for for you to be in the game: the defense to kind of not be in their own heads uh, or their emotions, how they were in the the locker room talk that the mm-hmm. rumor that we heard this week. It, it seems like a lot of the stuff, a lot of the uh, vitriol. Uh, that has been kind of, I guess, happening behind closed doors has been mainly coming from defense, uh, complaining to um, to to their defensive coaches and stuff. They basically don't have any faith in the offense, and it's like, what are we fighting for? What are we getting injured for? If they're not willing to fight as hard as we are, or the coaches aren't trying to make help us win the game. The other thing that you need is for. Mahomes to re-injure his ankle, which he did. No. He did tweak it last week. I can't. I can't ask. I'm not. For ask, I'm not asking for him to. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. He we're we're at that week. point now, aren't we? No, no, no. Right? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He tweaked it last week. It's possible that it can get tweaked again in this game. Now, it's also possible that, like, you know, maybe he decides to kind of sit out half this game because they're like, ah, like it's Jets. Let me rest my ankle a little bit more. And there's your shot, you know. So, man, I don't want that to happen. I don't want some Nancy Kerrigan shit to happen to Patrick Mahomes. No Jets fans need to take any ideas from this, please. Uh, but the most Jets thing that could happen, the more Jets thing that could happen than the Jets winning next week is they win next week and then they get blown out by Denver the following week. That will be the most Jet thing that happened. But yeah. 
Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, I think it, it does think. happen. I mean, we're, we're, we're literally at the point where we're hoping the other quarterback gets hurt. That's the only way the Jets can win. That's where we're at. Just right? with the Chiefs, and it, I only say that because he he had he had tweaked his ankle last week. No, I know. I, I know. If I didn't already see that, then I wouldn't be like, hey, like maybe that ankle <laughs> is one hundred percent. You know, if the defense puts pressure and he tweaks it again, you know, you know, the defense sees a, a messed up <laughs> ankle. That's 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 blood in the water. I hope he's, he's feeling you know. sleepy that day and maybe has a little cold and doesn't want to play. Not, I don't want to twist his ankle. Anyway. Yeah. He sees the Jets on the other end of the field, like you said. Well, we'll, we'll find out because Sunday is rapidly approaching. Uh, yeah. Sunday night is going to be a very interesting night, to say the least. Tis. So, All right. All right. Well, until then, um, you know, Guys, we'll we'll be back uh, recapping both the Sunday and Monday night games because both of our teams are in prime time, and uh, we'll we'll yeah. you'll you'll see by how we start next week how our teams did, and you'll see by the looks on our faces how our teams did next week on our next podcast. So, yeah. um, so until then, guys, remember please remember to subscribe if you're new here. If you're not, hit that notification button. Remember to let your dog bark when that notification button does get pushed. He's trying to get in. <laughs> there you go. See, you guys, you've got ha- you have Hanada. You have your two dogs. I've got nothing. three right now. Oh, well, you've I'm got three. The third right now. That was I've got bucket. kids. Does that count? Or no, I think that was my dog. Wow, sure. you're comparing your kids to dogs? <laughs> Walt. Jesus. Hey, listen, I had I to clean up for them when they were young, right? <laughs> Anyway, you know I love my kids. <laughs> yeah. I love my kids. So anyway, guys, uh until next time, remember this is the blue versus green show. And um whoa, okay. Until then, yeah, go Giants. Points. Come on, Gabe. Come on, Gabe. You can do this. We said go Giants. And go Go Jets. Jets. All right. Later, people. <laughs>